Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode eight of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and metal guide on this spirit journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Phil Demmel from Machine Head tells us about his first band, and Shane Mathis of the Full Metal Hipster podcast recommends Measure Them. Before all that, I chat with Greg of the Colorado Melodic Death Metal Collective, Allegion. In this episode, we discuss their new album, Proponent for Sentience, the band's relationship with Sean Drover from Active Defiance, formerly of Megadeth, Allegiance former mascot of sorts, Megatron the Cat, and more. Before we jump in and you hear me embarrass myself from the get-go, here's some of Proponent for Sentience 3, The Extermination. I can I can kind of hear it. Was your ten o'clock uh, wake up still a little early? Uh, I just didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was not feeling very well last night, so I could. I think I got to sleep around like five a.m. So my apologies. Yeah. That is that is not the fault of this scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you're wondering, my cat adjusted for uh, time zone differences and decided to wake me up at four forty-five today rather than five forty-five, like I initially thought. Oh. So she's a little goddamn demon. <laughs> uh. Anyway, shall we? <laughs> yes. Alrighty, I'm speaking with Greg from Elysian, and uh, you guys are about to drop a new record, Proponent of the Sentience. Nailed it. All right. Um, it's your first record with your new vocalist. How has that changed your writing in any way, or has it? Yeah. Yeah, actually, dude, I was going to let this go, but I can't. Please. For initials. It, it's proponent for sentience. Shit. If it's proponent of sentience. Did I say? I meant to say for pos. Damn. Well, I meant and to. I, <laughs> I feel that would be a bad start because then it would just be oh, so the initials for the records are a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys. At least this way, it could be peace for shit, and then <laughs> it'd be all right. But, uh, yeah, no, Riley's awesome. <laughs> you know, in my head, I said four. I said it, and I was very confident in myself. And oh, clearly, no, as you heard. Good. I just, you know, I just want to squash that because it happened. 
Do when it. We, when we kind of announced it, and people said that, and I was like, because uh, we were, you know, PFS, PFS, you know, hashtag, <laughs> look, look at how hip we are. And then it started to be POS, and we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's kill that right now. You know, you guys generally have a uh, sense of humor in all your social media and some of your merch and stuff like that. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if you went that route and wound up playing it up. But at the same time, why why, why leave that door open? Yeah, yeah. I just feel it's a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave my, my fuck up in there and just own it. So when this thing goes out to, on my podcast listeners, they're going to see how poorly I prepare. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was it was not poorly prepared. It was a very easy mistake. I just feel we need to correct it. <laughs> I, I understand. Um, I was actually a little surprised with the subject matter of the new the two new songs, the originals, of course, uh, being very similar to previous records. Is that um, a through line, the theme of like science and um, just sort of technology, a through line of the band, or is that Riley having a like mind to Ezra? Uh, no, it's it's you know it's kind of the mission statement of the band, um, and uh, you know Riley Riley knew knew what we were all about before he even joined. I mean, Riley and I have been friends for so long, and I've been such a fan of his, and you know he's really you know been a fan of Legion, so it was not you know he knew what the deal was exactly what it was when he joined. So not a stretch. Who will win in the end, man or machine? I, I mean, the whole album is based on Stephen Hawking, and he says uh, machine will definitely win. So it's hard to argue with that guy. <laughs> That's fair. Um, how how did Bjorn become involved, the dude from Soilwork, with uh, with the record? Um, we were sitting around having a band meeting, and this was long. Riley was in the picture. Uh, I think Ezra was in the room with us and we were sitting there talking and we were like we should get another vocalist like a guest to uh, you know get some more dynamic range to to the album and uh, and we were like spitting out names I mean Travis Ryan came up uh, Chris Cattle, the cap is amazing uh, you know Nurgle came up from Behemoth you know not didn't think there was any way in hell that he would e- even consider it, and uh, I, Corey mentioned Bjorn and being a huge solo work fan. I was like, yes, absolutely, right there. There's our guy, and uh, you know, there was uh, at that time the thought of clean vocals in our in our music was uh, not, you know, so it was kind of it was agreed upon to the fact that we would just use him for his screaming which I thought was pretty lame since he is so good at both. But, uh, uh, but, and then as, as we transitioned into Riley, it was kind of like that restriction got thrown away. And, uh, you know, we went through his, his management and just bugged them for a long time until he finally capitulated. <laughs> You're that kid. Just keep at it. Be annoying. It works out. That's right. Sometimes. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Um, kind of jumping around in my line of questioning, covering Rush seems like an impossible task, but you guys really nailed it on subdivisions. Were there any reservations doing the cover at all because of clean vocals or just because it's a cover? Uh, not not doing the song. Um, 
we did we actually recorded two rush songs we did subdivisions and we did uh animate off of counterparts and uh we did these two rush songs and they were supposed to be for um one was supposed to be for japan and one was supposed to be for europe and they were just supposed to be bonus tracks like they weren't supposed to be on the record at all uh you know and of course animate isn't and will be released at some point like maybe next year or something as like a one-off single or something um uh, Japan uh, just didn't want to put out our record uh, for the second album in a row because I, I think it has to do with their uh, CDs aren't selling in their country very much so they just didn't want to spend the money uh, making their own CD um, so but even before they, they killed it on Metal Blade when I turned in the demos for the record they were very very adamant that subdivisions actually go on the record and that was where the hesitancy came from you know what i mean like well we were these were just supposed to be bonus tracks for other countries just so that we could be uh so our album would be released in those areas and not because you know we wanted to include it so when it came it was like metal blades like yeah we want it it needs to be on the record it needs to be a single uh, that's where the hesitancy came in for multiple reasons. Uh, one, I'm like, well, it doesn't really sound anything like a Legion, you know, is that, you know, that that's going to be an issue, right? Cause I, I don't want people to like, Oh, here are subdivisions and then go, Oh, this band's great. And then, you know, go listen to the rest of our music and go, what the, what the hell, you know what I mean? It's cause it is a stretch. Um, and then the other side of the coin is, you know, like our huge death metal audience they're gonna hear this and go oh man what the hell this is this is not the allegiance i've come to expect and like you know bolt <laughs> and um there's definitely been those those concerns definitely have uh proven correct but in a much smaller uh numbers than i than i foresaw too so i mean it, it's it's worked out um you know i i wasn't so concerned about the sellout thing because it's it's rush it's like dude if if you don't it's arguably uh the greatest prog rock band in history you know it's not like we're playing green day here uh, <laughs> if you can't handle that you know get a helmet dude because life is hard but um yeah i don't know it's, it wasn't it wasn't the playing the playing was relatively easy uh except for brandon brandon uh they spent four hours tracking the drums for subdivisions because um, we were just being super anal and trying to get all Neil's parts like dead on. Um, but there was also that component of, hey man, you know, you're a metal band. You got to kind of like that fill. We need to make it a little bit more metal and like put some double flurries in there or whatever. But Cut the roto toms, more double bass, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like... You want to keep the spirit of, of everything that they did, but you got to kind of make it, you know, be who we are, you know. And the other the other hesitancy thing is, I you know, trying to, you know, whether a legion succeeds or fails, you know, with, through my own music is, is I think, a little bit more fulfilling than like, getting famous off a cover. Do you know what I mean? Because that's kind of like, man. Like I'm glad, like I'm glad the effort we put into it, like people are loving, but you know, is that what we're going to be known for? And that like makes my stomach turn a little bit. 
are, so are you worried about being like alien ant farm with smooth criminal to kind of pull a weird example exactly exactly I and see. like i have that record and i did buy it for smooth criminal and i did like some of the songs they had on there they had like movies and uh some other like i think it was called broken bones or something like that and uh yeah, I mean, so it worked for them. Like, I discovered their other music, and I enjoyed it, you know. But, yeah, that's the the right thing. Yeah. It's a, a solid cover, but I think you guys are going to be okay. Okay, good. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's kind of what we were like, you know, because Metal Blade wanted to put it out first. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. You know, Third was a good call. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't even want it second, dude. I want two originals, and then we can do it, you know, so... Uh, what is the story of Sean Drover hating this record? Oh, so Sean Drover, he, so we were on tour with Act of Defiance, and Sean Drover, we call him Uncle Sean, and he's, he's, oh, that's great, adorable. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a great guy, and, uh, he's just, he's just salty, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's just a salty dude, and, uh, you know, he would just, it, like, every day, he, like, he would just make fun of us, and he's like, Hey guys, this is my new song. It's called like Angel Rapist and just start blasting. And uh you know what I mean? He's just like he's just an old school dude and he's uh you know, he would just always come up to me. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you guys just aren't very good. You need to stop that shit." <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, "Yeah, stop sweeping because, you know, Ingve did it and he did it way better than you." And then would walk off. And then it's like, "Dude, asshole." You know? <laughs> Uh, and he was just—he's just busting balls, you know. And he's just a really good guy. Here, I actually—I was gonna make a DVD, or uh, I was gonna make a live video of this, and I will share it with you before I share it with anybody else. Please, please. this is this is what I woke up to the other day. This is an interview or uh, an email from Mr. Sean Drover, and it's entitled "See What What Happens When You Listen to Uncle Sean." Okay, <laughs> that's how it starts. This is what woke me up. My phone buzzed. And I was welcome to this charming email. You guys are trending on YouTube for putting out a Rush song. Funny, I didn't see you trending with your first ultra-brutal satanic goat single. <laughs> Don't be scared. The 20 really brutal satanic real metal guys who abandon you because they think you now suck will quickly be forgotten, and the 500 new people will love it. Like always, Uncle Sean is correct. P.S. All of you are ball lickers. Love, Sean. So, yes, Uncle Sean is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. And that's that's kind of where it is. It's, you know, the Uncle Sean will hate this record. He actually, you know, I I wasn't allowed to say this, but he actually really enjoys it. And he's, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's he just he's just a dick and we love him. <laughs> I hope you guys send him like a big plaque that goes on his wall of this record and it winds up in a garage somewhere and then he just has to look at it or something. <laughs> I love this idea. I, I want to send him a like a fruit basket full of like dick popsicles. <laughs>
I'll have more with Greg in just a moment, but every musician has a start somewhere, and here is Phil Demmel, the lead guitarist of Machine Head, telling us about his first band. I spoke with Phil in 2012. Ah, the first band that I was in was called On Parole, and we were kind of, it was the early 80s, so there's a lot of Iron Maiden influence, and kind of like Van Halen, Riot, a lot of a lot of those rock. They were probably known as metal back then, but they're really rock bands. Right. But we were into Priest and Priest and Maiden, stuff like that. So wrote all the lyrics and all the music, and it was really bad. <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Anybody listening to me? Machine Head recently dropped their single Is Anybody Out There via Nuclear Blast. Now before we get back with Greg from Legion, here's some of Grey Matter mechanics from the album Proponent for Sentience. So the internet makes your relationship seem uh, pretty strong still with Ezra. Um, how was your relationship with Megatron, though? Uh, I mean, Megatron's a dick. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cat. As uh, as I started this interview, cats are dicks. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Megatron is a... Uh, oh, dude, Meg- the history of Megatron's so funny. Uh, so Megatron was our friend Roger's cat. And... Um, and his and he had a brother, and his name was Toaster. So it was, <laughs> it was Megatron and Toaster, and um, there was a period of time where Ezra lived with with Roger. So they he you know Megatron and Toaster were like the house cats, and the, you know Toaster was so friendly, and and just like he wanted your attention constantly. And Megatron was kind of aloof, and when you took a shower immediately wanted in because of all the dampness in the air and it just like really strange cat and then somehow fast forward like a couple years Ezra has moved out um and 
Toaster gets killed by a coyote. Fuck. Right? Yeah. So, and this completely traumatizes Megatron, who is now constantly trying to get out to go find Toaster, right? He's constantly trying to get out of the house. Um, at this point, Roger can't, uh, he can't keep the cat anymore. So I took, I took Megatron. So Megatron was my cat for like a year or something like that. Like I was supposed to just be watching him until uh, Roger could find a place for him. Turns out Roger couldn't find a place for him. He could find a he like he had to move out of state. And uh, I had rescued a cat, and this all happened like I couldn't keep this cat that I rescued off the street and still have Megatron. So I'm like, man, someone's got to take Megatron. And it, like, of course, Ezra is like, ah, oh, yes, yes, he's my cat. Give him to me. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, dude, I'll take him. It was like, no, he's mine. Give it to me right now. Because <laughs> they had already had a history. And I'm like, so I drive up and I hand Megatron off. And I was like, dude, I think the toaster thing has gotten to Megatron. He is trying to get out. So fast forward to today. So not only did Ezra capitulate and lets Megatron out, but now Megatron is turned into a complete asshole and kills everything that moves. Okay? <laughs> so, like, I would be talking to Ezra, and he's like, dude, I got to go. There's a snake in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I got to go. I just found three bunnies under my bed. Like, anything that's that Megatron finds, he kills, and then brings it back to Ezra because he thinks he's a really shitty hunter. So... Yeah, so Megatron's great, but he just like kills everything and leaves it. Like you walk into the bathroom and it's it's like a murder scene out of Dexter. Like blood is everywhere, and <laughs> this poor animal, like is just like paralyzed, and just like they're twitching. And you really just got to go, Megatron, you dick! I need to lock you in the bathroom so you can finish the job and put the thing out of its misery. That is that's the story of Megatron. So that just made my my Megatron shirt all the more metal. Jesus Christ. There you go. Yeah, he's a dick. It's the most metal <laughs> shirt I have now. All right, to completely switch gears, um you guys are playing the Ozfest coming up. Did you get yes. did you go during its uh, original run or any of the one-off dates prior? Say that one more time. Did you go to any of the initial like when Ozfest was at its height and it was a touring festival and it was a huge fucking thing rather than like its current state. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it actually it's funny because um, I went to the first year, so the you know it's been the 20th anniversary this year, but I yeah I didn't I went to the first year and the second year. It's been I 20 think. years. Yeah, it's 20 years of Ozfest. So year, some... year one had Fear Factory a bunch. Yep, year, Fear Factory. And... Who else Machine there? Head, uh, Machine Head. After like they had just put out, uh, the more things change, and I remember because I was such a huge fan of Burn My Eyes. I'm sitting there with a Burn My Eyes T-shirt, and I'll never forget this. Rob Flynn shaved his head, right? Mm -hmm. And he's walking, and he walks right past me, and he's just like staring me up and down, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that dude's problem?" Right? Like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? Like, why the fuck is he staring at me like that? And then so I'm like, oh, my God, Machine Head's going to go on. We sneak down to the front uh, because in D.C., I don't the place hadn't filled up yet. So, like, you could sneak down to the front. 
So sneak down to the front to watch Machine Head, and then Rob Flynn walks out, and I didn't recognize him because he cut his hair, and I was so I was so just like crushed because I could have like had a conversation with him because obviously he was staring at me because I had his band shirt on and I just didn't recognize him. Yeah, one of the worst memories of my life, right there, scarred, scarred. I'm so sorry to have to have you bring that up then. Yeah, thanks. You you've brought up a memory that <laughs> I haven't thought about in years. <laughs> oh, man. Um, who else are you hoping to catch on the day you guys are? Uh, Megadeth's my favorite band in history, so I'll catch them. Um, Opeth, I've never seen Opeth. They're one of my favorite bands. They're tremendous. Yeah, to play with Black Sabbath. I've seen Black Sabbath a lot, so I mean, uh, I'll go see them. You know, it'll be great to see them before they retire. Um, Suicidal, I've never seen Suicidal Tendencies. I've never seen Black Label Society, so I'll check them out. I'm disturbed. I I'm not a fan really of Disturbed, but I look forward to seeing them. I mean, they're so huge. I'm sure there's something we can learn from watching those guys play. Um, I can tell you, I've seen them twice, kind of unintentionally. They've played other yeah. Ozfest or Mayhem. They put on a hell of a show. Do they? It's, That's great. It's, it's, it's it, they must do something right. Like I, I don't. I haven't. Like I don't own, own anything by them. Like I haven't really paid attention to them. I know they're huge, like really huge, aren't they? Like one of the biggest bands ever. CD sales aren't they up there with Metallica? I think someone told me that. I don't know if they're like that high, but as far as like metal, you know, quote metal, whatever you want to call them, bands go, yeah. Okay, yeah, like you can't do something like that and not have something to teach someone. You know what I mean? Like. Obviously, they're they're doing something correct. So I look forward to seeing them and just seeing what they're all about. And uh, yeah, and I, then I don't. Who else is playing our day? There's like so many bands. Yeah, I just had it up and completely spaced it. So let's bring that up. I don't know. Right I quick. just really hope that we can see a lot of bands because we're supposed to be doing some signings, and I think I don't know if it's actually happening, but I think we're supposed to be guest bartendering at the cold cock whiskey booth or something like that which sounds like a blast that's kind of cool yeah i'm like i don't know anything about alcohol let's do this <laughs> <laughs> so on your day you've got devil driver huntress goat whore rival sons municipal waste children of Bodum, uh nails someone i can't read the shrine cataclysm and i'm assuming this is an older one because you guys are in place of dead cross yes and I actually don't i think children of Bodum has dropped off oh that's right i didn't and that. i think nails is no longer on there this is an old ass flyer. Yeah, I think Brujera is on there, and uh, I think Huntress still is, and that's I like I like Huntress. They have kind of like an old like King Diamond vibe. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I, I dig that. I went. I man, I went to see them on one of their first tours, and they were in a tiny little club, and that was like, they came out. No, I was like, I saw them right after Metal Sucks posted something about how horrible they were, <laughs> and. Uh, they came out and Jill had a cape on and I was like, Oh my God, what, what is about to happen? <laughs> and like, you know, she's a very theatrical performer. So like, she's kind of like hiding behind like a cardboard box. Cause there is no really backstage and trying to make this grand entrance. And I'm like, man, I, I don't even know why you're bothering. Cause everybody can see you're behind that box. You, you know what I mean? And like, and then she came out and opened her mouth and I was like, Oh shit! It's like King Diamond. Cool, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like 
man, what what is about to happen here? Because this is cheesy as shit. And then and I was like, ah, okay, I get it. I totally get it. It's the King Diamond thing. I remember seeing King Diamond back in like, man, shit, ninety seven. And he's you know, like this is like the height of Nirvana, like and no one gave two shits, right? About metal. And he we're in this tiny club in Northern Virginia called Jack's and uh, he's playing Abigail and his what he's doing the theatrics that he could afford at that time was he was holding up a Barbie and throwing it to the side of the stage and then walking over during the song picking up the Barbie and throwing it to the other side of the stage and we're just looking at him like what the fuck are, what is this shit <laughs> and he looks at us like between songs he's like I can't I don't have a budget this is the best I can do. And since he like, <laughs> since he owned it, we were just like, you are the greatest human alive. We love that. Anything you do now at this point, since you know, you're about as cheese ball as you can get is perfectly cool with us. Like, <laughs> like we love you King. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like a buckethead move. Something he would just do anyway, just to throw dolls around. Yeah, it absolutely does. No, but it was, you know, part of the stage show. And it, it was just, I mean, you look at King Diamond now, and he has this huge, like, production, you know? And it just shows, like, you know, the waxing and waning of, of metal that he can do that now. And, you know, back when I did, man, like, he couldn't do, you know, he couldn't afford anything. You know, playing a tiny cap, like, maybe like a 200-cap room, a really shitty bar. I mean, I mean, the we loved the bar. That was our place, you know, but, oh, yeah. Times have changed for, for the king. And metal in general, which is kind of nice. Yeah, very good. <laughs> all right, I'm going to uh, slowly wind down here with a couple of questions I enjoy asking uh, all my interviewees. Uh, what is your earliest memory of heavy music? Um, that's, that's a hard one. I, I remember how my introduction to metal was kind of kind of weird and i don't even know like it's hard to remember if it had anything to do with metal but uh i i must have been like 10 or so and my memory sucks of course but i saw there was like a made for tv movie that my parents were watching and like this chick was like in like some like leather outfit and she had a giant like mohawk and i thought that was the coolest thing ever and then I, that's just, I don't even know if that even answers your question, but to me, that was like the most metal thing and the first thing that made an impact on me. Like as far as like, like my first like real metal experience, I count down to extinction when that came out, I wasn't allowed to have it. Uh, but my dad, I think he bought it for me by accident. My mom was furious and, uh, I put it in and as soon as, uh, like, Dave Mustaine started singing all the hair on my body like raised up and he scared the living shit out of me that's one with Die Dead Enough right what that's the album with Die Dead Enough right no no that's the one with oh shit of course I'm way off yeah yeah I'm off by like a decade (laughs) fuck me (laughs) yeah yeah no that's you know that was their like one that they debuted at number two you know with fucking symphony and symphony destruction yeah oh man okay and uh, finally, what was your first band called, and what did it sound like? Um, 
Oh man, my first real band was called uh, Street Rollins Lot, and it morphed over the years from like being a really bad Slayer impersonation to going straight power metal. Um, with actually my first wife on vocals and uh, and keyboards, and uh, yeah, that I mean that band lasted like 15 years before I, I packed it in and just, you know, being turned down by every label ever. Yeah, and I go back and listen to it and it was fucking horrible. So I was that's my usually my follow up. Can you listen to it now without cringing? I can I can listen to some of the guitar work and go, man, I you know, I could reuse that. I mean I, I even go back and steal some of my solos from those those songs and put them in Allegiant songs. And some riffs I've I've definitely stolen uh from that band absolutely but uh yeah the vocals and everything yeah it was it was embarrassing definitely <laughs> <laughs> not as embarrassing like my very very first experience as a band it wasn't i wouldn't even call it a real band but uh i think we were called like nimbus and it was supposed to be a halo and it was like angels of death but i remember when we made the our big backdrop i was like asking because i suck at spelling and i was like dude how do you spell angels and uh they oh, told no. me and i put it down and then my other band showed up and they walked down they're like angles of death huh and i was like god damn it i asked you how to spell it yeah to go from that to a band that so many people have a hard time pronouncing it's kind of interesting because <laughs> you just said you can't spell but i had oh, yeah. i've had to spell check your band when I was typing in my questions. I was like, is that right? That doesn't look right. Oh, you, you know why we have this stupid fucking name? What up? It was, we were Allegiance, and basically it was another spelling error. The, my, the guitar player before me, like, Googled Allegiance, and he spelled it wrong. So he's like, yeah, there's no other bands called Allegiance. So I joined the band. We're, like, a year in. Like, this is before we did our EP in 2008. Like, it's in 2007 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and then we started getting litigation letters from all these, like, three different bands named Allegiance that we need to cease and desist, which I thought was funny because I'm like, you guys aren't telling each other to cease and desist? And I was perfectly fine with it because I hated the fucking name Allegiance. I hated it. I was like, that's, I, I thought it was cheesy as shit. Uh, so the guys want, like, of course we had to change it. And they were just like, man, what are we going to change it to? I want to keep it similar. So we didn't lose our fan base that we had cultivated at that point. But it, and it was like, I don't know, man, throw some vowels at it. <laughs> it was like, and we just had a, we just had a, like a whiteboard and it was like algae. <laughs> and, and I think it was like, eh, fuck it. Put A on in there. Allege on. What the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what that means, though? We're never going to have to change it again because that's stupid. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We often wonder if that is the downfall of this band, why no one gives a shit, because how the hell do you say it? I mean, what the hell is it? It just means we're not going to get sued, but what, what does it mean? Ah, fuck it. Call it a legion. Yeah, they'll be good. Allegayon? Yeah, whatever. That works. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Alrighty, well, I'm looking forward to the new record piece of shit from Allegayon uh, here shortly. <laughs> Callback. Um, but seriously, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great record. Next time you guys are in the Bay Area, I will happily be there and give you all high fives, hugs, and whatnot. So uh, thanks for talking to me this morning. Have a good rest of your day, and uh, hopefully you find some nap time in there or something. 
Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I'm going to crash out as soon as we hang up. Lovely. Have a good nap. Bye, everybody. Later, man. Proponent for Sentience drops September 23rd from Metal Blade Records. The band is about to embark on a tour with Max and Igor's Return to Roots, which is essentially a Sepultura kind of thing. For more Legion, head to facebook.com slash Legion. That's A-L-L-E-G-A-E-O-N. I like to end each episode with a recommendation, and occasionally I call on my musical friends for recommendations of their own. In this episode, I welcome fellow podcaster Shane Mathis from the Full Metal Hipster Podcast. Here's Shane. Greetings far beyond metal listeners. My name is Shane Mathis, and I am the host of the Full Metal Hipster Podcast, as well as a periodic writer for Metal Injection and Vice. Daniel was kind enough to invite me onto his podcast to really quickly introduce you to a band that I have been digging recently. The band in question, although it's not really a band, it's a one-man project from Australia called Messerthem. Uh, Messerthem is a atmospheric black metal band with elements of electronica thrown into the mix. If you have heard Germ, which is another Australian one-man black metal band, you kind of know what I'm talking about because it's kind of along the same lines. The guy behind Mesrathim is super productive. He's released two full albums and two EPs within the last year, so I don't know if he just never sleeps or if he's just a music writing machine or what, but he just keeps cranking out music, and it's always reliably good. It's kind of in the same vein. It's along the same lines as what you're going to hear, but if this tickles your pickle, then you should definitely check it out. 
the album's name is in Morse code, and I think it translates to absence, although it could be essence. I'm not 100% sure. The album is out now. It's on Bandcamp for digital download. It costs $1, so... If you like what you hear, definitely swing over to Bandcamp. Look up Mesorthim. That's M-E-S-A-R-T-H-I-M. And, uh, you know, throw him a dollar. I think the other album that he released is like a dollar too. So you can get two full albums that are really good for two dollars. The track you're going to hear, I don't know what it translates to. It's like dot, dot, dash, 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 which I think it seems like it translates into E1. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, all of his music has something to do with space, so maybe it's a space reference. Who knows? So anyway, I will stop talking here, and I will get to the music and let you check out Mesrothim. Hopefully you like it, and if so, like I said before, throw the dude some money and get some good music. So without further ado, here is Mesrothim with whatever it's called. Enjoy it.
You can subscribe to Full Metal Hipster on iTunes and follow the show on fullmetalhipster.com. For more of Shane's recommendation, Mezerthim, head to mezerthim.bandcamp.com. That's M-E-S-A-R-T-H-I-M. As always, I'd like to thank all the bands for being a part of the show and encourage you to follow, like, and support these artists. As for the show, you can follow the show on facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I'm on Twitter at Ovacord, or you can email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. The theme is Far Beyond Metal by Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thanks for listening. A Catbox Production.